You're recording, honey. Oh my gosh, you're recording. I'm not ready. Make the screen bigger and let's go. We got things to do, honey. We have things to do and places to go. And grass to cut. Grass to cut <laughs> and topics to talk about. Topics to talk about. We can't do a welcome to another episode. Why? Well, you can do your part. Welcome, honey. Where can we do it? To another episode. Are we doing it? Of driving to the res, which we can't do unless we actually go for a drive to the res. That's what I was saying. Oh, with your that's favorite really hosts? complicated. With your favorite hosts. Inelia. <sighs> Gosh, Larry. <laughs> and Larry. <laughs> okay. Good enough, then. Or, as the people in the res say... Larry's podcast with his wife, Inelia. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, so Yeah, we're going to have a stand on Makades. Did I tell you that? You did tell me that, yeah. Right. Driving to the Reds. Driving to the Reds. Driving to the Reds. <laughs> driving to the Reds. Driving to the Reds on Makades. That's the last weekend of August. Yes. We'll have our own booth. With our own live broadcasts stream somewhere. We don't know where yet. Yeah, we'll do a live stream. Yes. Yep. And we will stream. have some Die Hope t-shirts. Yes, we're leaving it a little bit late for all that. But we might have some interesting things. We'll maybe see. sweatshirts, maybe a hat, maybe mugs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for sure, some mystical, magical stuff. Yep, for sure. Well, maybe. Everything is for maybe. sure. Maybe. <laughs> Everything is We'll definitely have books. Sure. Yeah, we will definitely have books. Well, yes, yes we will definitely. Yes. We have a box of books. Yes, we do. We'll sign some. We'll talk some. We mostly want to, well, at least me from my side of it, because it's my podcast with my wife, you know? Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> I mostly wanted to, you know, have a public face, have yes. a physical presence. Yes. Because there's thousands of people that are going to be there in that day, and thousands of people, and of those thousands of people, some hundreds at least, yeah. who are interested in the things we talk about. Yeah, totally. But we got to be able to be found. Mm-hmm. And our, our sponsors, you, you, those people that we're talking to, yes. our sponsors, you know, they sponsor us. Yes. How do they sponsor us? By sharing the sub stack, sharing the subscribe star, sharing the podcast, sharing the newsletter, sharing the content, whatever it is that they have, mm-hmm. with people, like I'm going to be doing on Makades, with you, with people who are, you know, interested in it. Uh-huh. That's all. You just share with people who are interested in it. That's all. That's all. That's a lot, but that's all you have to do. Yep. You share what you read that you find interesting with people who would be interested. Or not. You don't know they're interested until you try, right? Well... And if, they, if you think, oh, but they'll think I'm a nutter, it's about time that you came out of the yeah. closet as a <laughs> nutter. <laughs> okay. I don't so, know why we're Come out our, of the closet as a matter. Oh, no, no, Our podcast today is about power on earth and its link to shrines. Yes. I don't know how that's nutter. Nutter? Yeah. I don't know either. Okay, so I don't think there's any excuse. We do talk about aliens, which are no longer natters, That's actually. Not natter. It's like That's formally acceptable. true and real acceptable that you're not a natter if you talk about aliens. So 
there's no real, you know, firewalls. Just share it. Say, hey, <laughs> I heard you. Howard we were talking about XYZ, and I read this newsletter yes. from my friends over at, um, well, they have a podcast Driving called Drive to the Res. Also, there's this interesting newsletter. It's on Substack. I don't know if you know what Substack is, but you can read some pretty cool stuff. Yes. Here, I'll share one with you that I think you like. Yes. That's all. Yeah, there you go. That's all. So we're going to do our part, sitting down with the village and meeting thousands of people and talking about our stuff. Yes. And you can do your part, too. Yeah. Share with your friends. Share with your friends. Whoever you think would be interested. Or not. Don't know if they're interested, but you're going to share it anyway. Well, how would you not know? Because sometimes you don't know what a person's interested in, especially if they're keeping it secret just like you. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Oftentimes, you will be surprised to find how many people that you associate with are actually interested in the things you're interested in. I know. It's amazing. Alrighty. So on to the content. Okay. Power on Earth linked with shrines. Very nice newsletter. Mm. Larry was telling me about some shrines built and used in the 1700s by coastal indigenous tribes or bands as they were known in Canada. Well, yeah, tribes and bands and whatever. What do they call them now? They don't call them bands anymore yeah, in Canada. Yeah, they call them bands. They do? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's why I use the word here. It's not that they... Well, you know, it's the word you use. Okay. Up there. Up there being Canada. Up there being Canada, okay. Yeah. The shrine the book described reminded me of Westminster Abbey in England. Westminster, honey. Yes. Westminster. We went there. Do you remember? We did. It was an interesting... Uh, I was shocked. Yes. And I was surprised. Me too. And I was um, shocked and surprised. Me too. At what was actually in there. And what was happening in there while we were there. And what was yeah happening there when we were there. Well, you have a little story there. Yeah, we do. Share it. Share the story. You want to share the story now or in the second hour? Oh, uh, second hour. Because that's a pretty good story. Second hour. We'll share it the second hour. It's a bit personal, private. It's, or, um, well. It's a long story, so let's keep it right. to, yeah. All right. So in case you don't know, mm-hmm. we have a first hour and a second hour, and the first hour is about a half hour, mm-hmm. and the second hour is about two an hours. An hour or two. <laughs> Sometimes an, an hour. hour or two. So... <laughs> If you are interested in what we're talking about, we go into great detail in the second hour. Yes. Which you can get at Subscribestar. Yes. Or, I think that, um, Rockfin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have it And then you can become a patron of the light. And, uh, yeah. Okay. Support us. So. I'll go this, into that story then. Yeah, we'll go into the Westminster Abbey story mm-hmm. in the second hour. Okay. So, the shrine, it was called a whaler shrine, by the way. Nice. It was located in um middle of Vancouver, Victoria Island. Vancouver Island. Back to Vancouver Island, yeah. Mm, where Victoria is. Victoria is on the south part of Vancouver Island, and this shrine was about the middle of it. Oh, it's, okay. Yeah. It's, now it's located up in... Up north somewhere. North somewhere. Okay. Anyways, although physically they didn't look like each other, they had been a grand old stone building... And the shrine described in the book was hidden with no flooring but beach sand and dirt. It was was it beach sand? It could have been because it was whaling, Mostly right? just dirt. Uh, the energy line they were on is the same. The same type of energy lines, I should say. Right, not exactly the same line. No. We didn't actually check. We actually did. Well, we know where one of the lines is. It comes around through about here, so it couldn't have gone through there too. I actually did check. Okay, well, you checked. It's not the exact same line, but it's the same... Energy. Energy. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Line. Así no. Ley lines. Maybe just describe what an energy line, energy line is. An energy line is a frequency that can be used to, to construct things in reality. Okay. From this perspective of use. Okay. Of their words, energy line. The energy line for both is that of a death cult. A what? Death cult. A, de a death cult? Yes. That seemed like the farthest thing you could ever guess. Why? On the surface of it, an abbey, Westminster Abbey, and a whaler shrine. How is that a death cult? Yes, how indeed. Both places hold or held the bones of dead, and not any random old dead, but powerful dead. Oh yes, that's true. In the book that Larry was reading, a selection... Off. There's a detailed description of the creation of one of these shrines built by a whaling chief of the tribe there, which involved the burying of powerful men in, then digging out their skulls and placing them in effigies that represented them and their power. So he would bury them. Yeah, wait for, wait for a few months for, you know, thing. Yeah, and then pull them out again, take off their heads and put them on effigies that represented them and buried their or body again. Or even on the floor, or even into the form of a bed. Yeah. Quite a lot of strange things. Yes. Yes. Other people were not allowed to go in the shrine, look at it, you even talk about it, and if they did, they would be killed. The whole thing was shrouded in secrets and occultism. Hard to believe they wouldn't want to just share what's going on in there. Mm, indeed. Maybe because if you look at it, you might say, wait ah. a minute. Mm. Wait a minute, should I give power to that thing? No, don't mm. Only what you don't know. Oh, right. that's why we redo this. Yeah. So you do know. Yeah. Okay. Okay, across the world we find these shrines. Some, such as West, Westminster Abbey, are still active and used daily. The one described in the book Larry was reading to me was actually sold to New York collectors by two of the headmen claiming ownership. So long as it was removed when everyone else was gone from the village. <laughs> they, they could, I guess they could sell it, but they didn't want anybody knowing they sold it because otherwise maybe their heads would go off. Yes, probably. <gasps> Somebody stole it. Oh my I gosh. Know. That's terrible. Yeah. Many churches across Europe have coffins with dead people buried in their walls and floors. Mostly these are powerful or gifted people when alive. Yeah. I, I wanted to talk about the creation and use of these shrines because they came about all over the world to link a death cult, an oppressive power over others' energy into our reality. Yes, even tribal realities separated by oceans from the Spanish conquistadors and the coming U.S. cavalry were deeply embroidered in power over others' realities Anchored in basically the same way. Yes. You know what that means? That means the um, rites and ceremonies basically are the same, maybe with a different name. Mm -hmm. Death cult energy mm -hmm. anchoring in this power of others' reality. Yes. So those in power mm -hmm. use these death cult energies to consolidate and hold their power in some yes. way. And others agree to it. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason that you agree to stuff, oftentimes you pretend you don't know or you don't want to look. Mm -hmm. Plus, at a social level, the agreement was to have a power of others reality, which can't happen if you're not in a like um, separation energy. Yeah, and that. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, naturally you think of the uh, ones not involved in doing the cult stuff. Mm -hmm. So just, the, um, what's it, passive... Um, Victims, I guess, of the process. What could be? Yeah. Right. But they aren't necessarily. Right. They kind of agree to it. And I bet you even in that time, there were guys and gals are saying, wait a minute, 
this isn't right. Hey, maybe that's why those two guys sold that thing off. <laughs> yes. Sold that shrine thing. to those New York guys. Hey, get that thing out of here. Maybe things will be here, better man. if this is gone. Yeah. Well, we don't know because we can't talk to them. But No, we can't talk to them. They clearly didn't have an unplaced value on it anymore. No. Well, a little bit of money value, but... <laughs> yes. Yeah. We assume they got money for it. They did. They, they did? got paid... How much? 250 bucks each. Oh, that's a fortune in those days, huh? Well, they wanted 700 and they got tucked down. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so also to underline this aspect of the light dark paradigm, when Earth, what we know as Earth, uh, the people of Earth and the animals and the plants of Earth decided to have this power over others, frequency, energy, and experience here, it happened all over the world at the same time. And I wanted to say that because a lot of people think or romanticize indigenous cultures around the world. Yeah, and certain chunks like here and here and here. Yeah. yeah, they're like those were the original connected ones and they didn't get like corrupted, corrupted but they by were. This. But they were. Yes, everybody got the same energy of power or others. The way they expressed it was different in each location depending on their culture. But it was around the world at the same time. It was at the same time. So it wasn't the conquistadors who brought in the like that paradigm to the Americas. It was already here. Otherwise, it would never have. The it wouldn't have been successful. successful. They yeah. just used each other against each other. They were yes. quite skilled at manipulation of yes. groups against groups. Yes. It was like, take it a little bit to the next level. Right. Or um, take advantage of you know, the situations. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because it wasn't like 17 Spanish guys killed the entire, you know, continent of mexico right <laughs> <laughs> they had plenty of help oh yes 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 all right when i was looking at the information shared in the book larry's reading and also looking at what i have personally seen in west westminster abbey i noticed the common denominators between the two i also noticed how these things don't work when what happens there becomes public knowledge it is diminished it diminishes well, yeah there's the glorification or even the veneration of the institution, let's say. Westminster mm-hmm. Abbey is this glorious thing. And the same with the Whaler Shrine, mm-hmm. shrouded in the mystery of, I'm not sure exactly what goes on there. I'm mm-hmm. not a privy to the details on the inside. Mm-hmm. I just see the result is, you know, we get wells. We get mm-hmm. whales or we get kings, right? Kings get made at Westminster. Yes, they do. Yeah. Yes. And um, the times that he's been televised... The interesting aspect about the televised uh, version of it is that they don't show all the dead people around it. <laughs> right. They only show that, uh, you know, the pedestal thing. Yeah. The, the shrine, I the guess. The shrine, yeah. They don't show all the dead people around it. No. not No, I, I did not see that until I walked in there. And I'm surprised they let us walk in there. Well, we paid the ticket. It. Well, yeah, we paid the ticket. But it's one of those things that would be best if it wasn't so well known. You know what I mean? Mm, why? Well, when I saw what was going on there, I was a little bit taken aback. And I definitely, it changed my, altered my view of the entirety, you know? Mm, yeah. So if it was televised at a mass level. Then, yeah. That would be. Um, it would take away It from would the take power. away a lot of the power. Mm-hmm. And the ability to go individually. I didn't notice a lot of other people, you know, 
having the same thing as I, but I was fascinated that it would be like, like Leonardo da Vinci's here. It's like, <laughs> what? And Einstein. Einstein or Darwin or, you know, these guys yeah. that are the pillars of our constructed narrative of yeah. reality. Yeah. The constructed narrative of reality are there. Yes. The pillars of that. Yeah. Yeah. So at first Freddie I was Mercury a bit, into- I was a bit taken aback. It's like, what? That's yes. that person is here, Benjamin Franklin. What? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this Pepper, he's right here. <laughs> yeah, it was really strange. And then after a while of walking and seeing and realizing the sheer volume of corpses. Yes. I was like, it's insane. Oh, I see. It's a death cult. Yes. Well, that's, that's fascinating. That's fascinating. I didn't put the pieces together. You can mm-hmm. hear the words, but until you like, Go there, mm-hmm. see it, touch it, and it it changes its nature. It did it for does. me anyway. It does, yeah. Yeah, so it is as though when we take away the secrecy and occultism that shrouds these places and goings on in fear and awe, the whole thing just falls apart. That was awe. Yeah. Yeah. The rituals that happen at the Abbey are increasingly becoming more visible. They are also now perceived as perverted, insane, and powerless. As we learn about them, our thoughts, insights, and observations that directly sever the power of our other's energies from our Earth. Yeah, I think we need to edit that a little bit. That sentence confused me a bit. Yeah, so basically, what's happening at the Abbey is becoming more visible. More people are talking about it. Okay. Becoming aware of it. Yeah. And they're seen as perverted, insane, and powerless, really. Just it's like, where do you want to go, you know, do this mm-hmm. ritual? How about where are we, everybody's dead? Yeah. That'd be a good place. Yeah. Most of us think, mm, mm, I, I don't think that's mm-hmm. the best place. We could come, come up with something better than that. Yeah. yeah. And as we learn about them, our thoughts, insights, and observation sever that power of others' energy from our earth. It disconnects the power of our other's energy from Earth once you educate yourself around it and and take away the power that you might have given that in the past. Right. I had a lot of it given to me, in a sense, by Disney, you know, mm-hmm. the princes and the princesses and the glory of all of that. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely, certainly got severed, as I said, and talked with you about it quite a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. I was like, really, really, really? And then going to the Abbey and seeing where they do their thing like yes. here's where they pick and, <laughs> and as that became more visible the going ons of them as a group of individuals is even more startling mm-hmm. and less nice so yeah that's severed in me i don't have uh, any of the disney prince princess thing left that's for sure <laughs> i mean yesterday even i was watching a quick little snippet of uh there was Trump and the Queen, and there was Biden and the King now, mm-hmm. and they were both walking through the buck, buck whatever the guards are called. What are the red ones? Uh, the Buckingham Queen's- Guards. Oh, okay. Or Buckingham Palace, or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, the guys in the red. The Palace Guards. Okay. Yeah, and they were, you know, whatever the protocol is, they were just screwing it up, both of them. It's like mm-hmm. walking in front of the King. Oh, you can't walk in front of the King. Oh, my goodness. And walking in front of the Queen. Oh. <gasps> Oh my goodness. And then the king's standing there in his, his coat jacket, you know? Mm-hmm. He's wearing what must be the absolute best of the best of the thingies in all of England. And it's, it looks like 
a caricature. It is a coat jacket that is so perfect, it's ridiculous. You know? No, I don't know. Can you explain more? Right. So in a normal coat, you know, you have a little bit of, like, seams, like your body moves and it moves. Mm -hmm. And in this, it's, like, starched so stiff. It doesn't have any crease or wrinkle on the front. The whole front is artificially flat. Mm. Just looked ridiculous. Of course, his sleeves had to have where his arms moved, but the front was like a shield. <laughs> Maybe it was a shield. Maybe, but it was ridiculous. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was absurd. It was taken to a level beyond beyond the real. Mm. It was sur- surreal, I guess. Surreal. I would say. It was surreal. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. It was like the king isn't wearing any clothes. It was mm. like that. I was like, did anybody tell you your coat looks ridiculous? Ah, yes, indeed. Yes. Now I get it. Okay. <laughs> Instead of seeing powerful priests or shamans carrying out sacred rituals which invoke supernatural energies through death and sacrifice, we see a bunch of perverted men moving about in silly costumes, doing oh. cruel and perverted things. And the ridicule of that image takes away any sway they may have had within our collective unconscious. Good to know. Mm-hmm. I think we should do something different. It's time for life-affirming shrines. How A life-affirming shrine is what yes. a high-frequency paradigm has. That's yes. a thing. We have a thing called a life-affirming shrine. Yes, it's do. full of living things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The words "life affirming shrines" probably evokes immediate knowing of one of these, what one of these shrines might look like, and we may immediately recognize that we have visited and seen these already. Oftentimes, we find them naturally, naturally in the forest, in the forest, on the seashore, yes, the seashore. at sea, on an mm-hmm. island, on a mountain, Mountains. in a space that we travel through. Yes, we encounter them. They okay. already exist all by themselves. They do. Yeah. Yesterday we found one, remember? Oh my gosh, wasn't that beautiful? It was incredible, yeah. It was so incredible. It was a mirac- miracle. It was a miracle. Yep. It was a miracle of tree uh, nest. design. <laughs> nest. <laughs> yeah. Tree-ness. Tree-ness. A miracle of tree shrine. Yes. That's an interesting observation. That river that uh-huh. we live on has multiple tree shrines. It does, actually, yeah. We found quite a few now. And these trees are ancient. They are. They are uh, never, ever touched. Mm. Have never been molested, you know? <laughs> <laughs> They're just allowed to be tree. Yes. For as long as tree wants to be tree. Yes. Right. And they're fascinating what happens. Mm. Can you describe what it looks like? Uh, imagine the tree with his hands and his arms out making a a little shrine area covered with the branches, but tall, right? Yes. Tall, but graceful. And you can walk into it, but you got to like pull open Open the branches branches a little bit. And you walk through it and you're in this umbrella, umbrella of branches. Like a temple. Like a temple in a, yeah, Yeah. like a temple with a a, um, spire in the middle. And the spire in the middle, of course, is the tree. And then you get in there, this tree, it, it, it bent down and up, touched another tree, and then got a little away from that tree and back up again. It made this <laughs> curving, I don't know, cathedral-like, beautiful form, you know? Yeah, it is. A form you, it would take you, if you wanted to build it, you couldn't. 
Right. If you wanted to grow it, you would need about a hundred years and no, a lot more of circumstances. Than years, I think more than a hundred. A couple hundred years then. Yeah. You would need a lot of hundred years to grow it intentionally. More than one lifetime, that's for sure. Right. And a lot of circumstances that would need to line up. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those places when you see it and you stand it in awe and you recognize that's where you are mm-hmm. and you see what's right next to you, this couple thousand year old giant, giant <laughs> tree on the river edge. Yes. Right. You think how many thousand years has it stood there? It's a beautiful And it's thing. still there and the river is alive, like an active river, right? Yeah. It keeps moving and shifting. And Knocking things over and all that. And yeah. it, this tree is still there right there. Right. And the shrine right next to it. And they're one and the same. And you feel that sense of majesty and aliveness, right? You do. Yeah. yeah. These shrines are a celebration of life, Gaia, and our people, the people of Earth. There's no secrecy around them, no pain or suffering, no martyrdom or sacrifice. On the contrary, there's plenty of knowledge, clarity, transparency, joy, light, love, inspiration, and life. All those things. All those things. I like to call these sacred spaces... Sacred spaces, that's what I like to call them. (laughs) Several years ago, I organized a class that explored and delineated how to create one of these spaces. And the link is in the article. Okay. And probably in the description of this podcast. Find the article at Substack if you don't know. You can just read it. Mm -hmm. And there is an exercise that I have shared with our students that walk with me now that empowers every single person to become an amplifier and transmitter of the true nature and energy of who we are. And this also helps, actually, side note, to sever that power over others' energy from Earth and ourselves, because it does it from ourselves. It severs that narrative. Yes, yeah. Here's the exercise. Write 200 things you're grateful for and love about yourself, your life, the world, environment, and the creatures and people around you. Read this list every day and add it as you feel inspired to do. And do it for three months minimum. My gosh. The three months is actually um, like 99 days, something like that. So when I used to set up this exercise, this type of exercises that you do several days, to, it's because I learned that to change a habit, you need a 21 days. So usually I used to say do it for 21 days. Mm-hmm. And then I read another... Um, as another paper that had studied this uh, change of habit things in socio uh, science, so I can't social science, social stuff. science, yeah. yeah. And it said it actually takes um, third three months to do it. Like so, it's like, oh, thirty three, So yeah, so do it for three months. Try it out for three months. Yes, do it'd it for three nice, months. It'd be a pretty Don't nice try it. exercise. Do it. Just do it. Okay, just do it. Just do it, man. Just do it. Anyways, the exercise of feeling love and gratitude is well known within the conscious manifestation teachings to be powerful and rocket fueling with high frequency experiences. With it, I've seen, I mean, I've looked at a lot of people who teach manifestation and they all have in somewhere in their teaching gratitude and love, right? The number of things to write was inspired by a different teacher because I used to do just like do a handful of things, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I used to tell people, you know, okay, so feel gratitude for love or feel love for something. Okay, so if you don't know what that feels like, think of one thing like I can breathe or <laughs> I love my cat. Or, I used to start with my pillow is soft. <laughs> my pillow is soft. That's, that works. I really love my soft pillow. Okay. So start from there and then build it up. 
by the number. And then this other teacher said a hundred things. And I thought, whoa, that is so much better. Why, you know, dilly dally Why about dilly it? Dilly Why like 10 just things to, or something? Go to, go to 200. So she, she said, she said a hundred. And I thought, well, our people, we're like serious manifestors. Uh-huh. 200, man. Let's just do 200. <laughs> <laughs> this lines up with your prime purpose also. It also yes. lines up with, you know, being and generating and creating that energy and that experience of the high frequency light paradigm and having those reflected back to you, those yes, exactly. energies. Yeah. These are the things you will be reflecting back to you. These exactly. 200 things yeah. or more. Yeah. So no more gently walking into the embodiment of the new paradigm. Let's get some serious work instead. There are measurable, immeasurable amount of items and experiences on earth. Let's love and be grateful for 200 of them. Okay. How does this exercise dissolve the death cult power link to shrines across the world? Have you heard the words, your body is your shrine, your body is your temple, yep. or that your body is a temple of God, some Christians say, right? Yep. As you feel your own body with love and gratitude and feelings and connecting with yourself, earth, people, animals, and everything else in our environment, with the most life-affirming energy there is, love and gratitude, the shrine you're with, that you have within you, your body, becomes a powerful link to a true nature in the universe, a high-frequency natural state as human beings. This, in turn, disempowers external and artificially created low-frequency shrines within you and by association from our world. That's it. But there's a word of warning. Do not, and I repeat, do not generate gratefulness or love for negative, painful, or harsh experiences. Do not list them as things that made you a better person, because this will amplify the power over others' paradigm. And I've spoken those words in so many different ways, (sighs) right? But it's important it's very important. Well, just realize that you became who you are because you started that way. Yes. And you these things that way. distracted you from it, didn't yes. make you it. Make you less powerful, less They just bright, made you less, less powerful. Light, they just fearful. distracted you. They just made you have some fears. They just yes. made you feel terrible. Mm-hmm. They didn't make you stronger. No. They only had one purpose. To disable you. To disable you. Because... Mm-hmm. Power over this paradigm. paradigm, baby. <laughs> That's how it works. Yes, indeed. So, since what we're doing with our 200 things is grateful stuff, it's like, I have a soft pillow. Yes. I even like the fact that I have a pillow. Have you ever tried to sleep without a pillow? Yes. It's really it's very, hard. Very hard, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, like, that's a top one for me. Yeah. Uh, my puppies. Yes. My honey. Yes. My lovely house yes There's lots so many lots things, things to feel right how about you yes like, my shoes five. are super fast right now your shoes I, are super what soft oh i thought you said fast no it's like wow they go fast they go that's fast. usually the the kids how fast, <laughs> are, these how fast are these shoes yes. oh these ones are super fast okay yeah. let's get those ones yeah. <laughs> yes okay, i used more. to convince my children who didn't like to change shoes <laughs> yeah by saying these are really fast, try them. <laughs> I did too. It <laughs> always works. Like, it works. Well, that's it how works. I picked my shoes. Oh, they were fast. And I want those ones. <laughs> oh, good. Yes, that's the kind of thing, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we covered it. I think so. Yeah. I think we'll probably dive quite a bit into it 
Uh, the second Ilya and Adelina. Yes. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they will have some pretty good insights. They do. There's a lot in here, and I imagine there's some of those death cult shrine type things in Romania too. Probably. I yeah. mean, Dracula, etc., etc. Mm, drinking the blood and body of Christ, anyone? Oh, um, that one. <laughs> yeah, there's quite a few. Yikes. Alrighty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> On to the second hour then. All right. Love you. Love you. <laughs> 